Hello! I'm John Producer. <laughs> to, to introduce this article, please. Oh, introduce the article? No, like, hello, audience? Not Yeah, no, we don't... Nobody needs to know who we are. Fine, okay. Alden, this past week, Brendan Fraser has been back in the news due to his upcoming film, The Whale. Fans online are very excited to see that the star is rising up again and eagerly await for The Whale's premiere. Do you know what this film's about, Alden? Sorta. Not really. What would you assume it's about? Well... I do know some stuff, and I know there's like a pretty overweight dude, and I think it's kind of like his struggle with that. I thought it was about a whale. Uh huh. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that didn't land, I guess. <laughs> the whale is about Charlie, a 600 pound middle aged man struggling with demons from his past, including leaving his family for his gay lover, who would later die. Um,. Why are we spoiling the movie to ourselves? That's what I'm saying. Wait, to ourselves? Well, yeah, we haven't seen it yet. His 17-year-old daughter, played by Sadie Sink from Stranger Things, re-enters his life. Charlie tries to make amends and come to terms with his mental and physical health problems. It's going to be a depressing movie, ain't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. It this isn't. It's going to be a feel-bad movie. It's also directed by Aronofsky, right? Yeah. The Whale marks another chapter in Brendan Fraser's recent Hollywood resurgence, with the actor having scored rave reviews for his work in Doom Patrol, The Affair, Trust, and No Sudden Move. How much of those have you seen, Alden? Um, Doom Patrol and No Sudden Move. I like Doom Patrol. I have mixed feelings on it, but overall, yeah, I enjoy it. I did like No Sudden Move a lot. I thought that was, like, pretty fun. Sort of. I've only seen Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> People say, don't forget that he's, his resurgence started with Doom Patrol. Yeah, which is kind of weird, but yes. Like, I, I honestly didn't know about it until last year. Frazier's reaction to his standing ovation for The Whale is sure to come as another heartwarming moment for fans of the actor to share. Look at that cutie. He's just sitting wait. there. <laughs> no, wait. It's the build-up. I'm glad he's back. And I think this is probably the movie that'll just actually bring him back and get him casted. Because No Sudden Move, he did a great job, but he wasn't a big character in that. Mm -hmm. And he's a big character in Doom Patrol, but he's more or less voice acting in that show, so... I don't know. Many are still reeling from the surprise cancellation of the Batgirl movie, including uh, Brendan Fraser himself, who was supposed to be playing Firefly in that film. And... They completed the film. That's so weird. I, whatever, whatever. Well, it sounds like audiences can look forward to his resurgence continuing in the near future. <laughs> Only time will tell how it fares when the whale hits theaters on December 9th of this year. Anna Kendrick will not only be producing and starring in the upcoming film, The Dating Game, but will also be making her directorial debut with this film. That came as a shocker. Yes, it did. Uh, I guess we'll see. I feel like this makes sense for her to direct, maybe. But... The title of the film got me thinking, right? Yeah. So did you know, Alden, the dating game, the film, uh -huh. is based on the shockingly true story of Cheryl Bradshaw? No, because this is really the first I'm hearing of this. Insane. Wild. Okay, yeah. Crazy shit. 1978. 
you are invited onto a game show, and it's one of those, there's a wall in between us, and you have to ask the people questions. Yeah. Cheryl Bradshaw appeared on the show, titled, of course, The Dating Game. On her appearance, she ended up choosing to go on a date with Rodney Alcala, who was arrested about a year later for being a serial killer. Yeah, look at the, look at this guy, Alden. <laughs> he looks like the Night Stalker, and that's who I think of every time <laughs> I see his old pictures. Alcala was an American serial killer who was sentenced to death in California for five murders committed between 77 and 79, and received an additional sentence of 25 years to life after pleading guilty to two homicides committed in New York in 1971 and 1977. While he has been conclusively linked to nine murders, Alcala's true number of victims remains unknown and could be much higher. Authorities believe the actual number is as high as 130. Wait a minute. Not to turn this into the Scary Box podcast, uh-huh. but they conclusively link him to definite nine. Yeah. And then they're like, it's probably 130. What's up with that in American serial killers? They do that all the time. I feel like there's so many that just the wrong deaths are given to the wrong killers yes so it sounds fun right alden um actually yes in real life bradshaw refused to go on the date with alcala finding him creepy but it's probably safe to assume that the movie may take some creative liberties after the dating sh- the whole movie's just the 20 minute dating show it's a once upon a time in hollywood type of situation there I wasn't thinking of it that way. Holy crap, Alden with good input. I'm shocked. Oh, I just feel like that should be a statement for when a movie alters historical accuracy. That makes me more excited for the film. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm excited to see what Anna Kendrick can direct. I feel like that's that's what I'm excited for because this doesn't seem like a Zodiac type movie. This definitely seems probably a little more... I don't want to say nuance, that's the wrong word. And fun is also the wrong word. For example, Better Call Saul, our favorite show ever. Of course. It's fun. It's depressing, but there's still like comedic elements, but it's not a comedic show. Well, yeah, I think she can get the timing down very well. That's the thing. Yes. She could definitely keep it kind of lighthearted, but still not drain out kind of the... But she's not writing it, though. So there's a different writer on board. Yes. I think she's a good actress. I like her every time I see Uh, her. Definitely. Especially Twilight. Oh my god. Throwback. Yeah, you like that one, Alden? No. You could have said literally any of the other movies. Could have said trolls. (laughs) Alden, don't you worry, darling. Oh man. (laughs) Don't worry, darling. We'll follow a housewife, Black Widow star Florence Pugh, in the 1950s who moves in with her husband, ex-One Directioner Harry Styles, into a bizarre company town that is seemingly perfect suburban idol. Though she quickly discovers that not everything is as it seems. Don't Worry Darling's also being directed by Olivia Wilde. So, I saw the trailer come out. I sent it to Nicholas Alexander, good friend of the show, on Scarybox. Thank you. Hate that guy, actually. But um, Oh. Uh, I sent him the trailer, and I went, hmm, it seems a little dull to me. That, yeah. I feel like I found it potentially interesting, and I like Olivia Wilde. I don't know. I mean... I have no idea what to think now, but initially just kind of thought it was funny that Olivia Wilde was making her real-life boyfriend be the husband of Florence Pugh's character in a movie that she's directing. And now there's drama between actors 
and nobody knows what. Let's get into it. While there are conflicting accounts as to the reason for this, including a paid disparity between stars and conflict over Wilde and Styles' relationship, which began during the shooting of the film, oh. more details of Wilde and Pugh's dynamic came to light during an internet beef between Wilde and the film's original male lead, Shia LaBeouf, after a video message surfaced where Wilde called Pugh Miss Flo and implied there was friction between the two stars. The drama surrounding the film has spurred non-stop speculation, including people wondering if a video from Venice shows Styles spitting on Pine while taking his seat. In fact, the only viral moment that has anything to do with the actual quality of Don't Worry Darling is a clip that surfaced where fans were mocking Harry Styles' American accent. In that trailer, his accent's rough. You could see they were trying to cut around that. Yeah, I don't expect it to be great. Is this the second movie or is there another one? Well, I know he was definitely in Dunkirk and he wasn't bad in it. Yeah, I actually liked him in Dunkirk. Yeah. Dunkirk. I just, I don't, this cast was already weird. Yes. I don't think this movie's gonna feel good. The fact that you have someone as incredible as Florence Pugh up against Nick Kroll. <laughs> and you also have Chris Pine up against Harry Styles. Like, I'm not saying Harry Styles is bad because we haven't seen him in much. But that's also a problem. We haven't seen him in much. We don't know what he's going to... He's playing an American. That's probably an issue. And no offense to Olivia Wilde, but I think Florence Pugh is probably a better actor. Oh, well, both of them are in the film. Yes, Olivia Wilde is also acting in this movie. I just think it's going to be a little bit of whiplash. Whiplash? Thank you. Do you remember my review of Prey? I mean, some of it, yeah. My biggest problem is the way they speak English. Yes. It feels very modern English and not old English. Yeah, I really wish there was no English. If it was just whatever language they chose and then French, that would have been incredible. That would have been great. I think some of that is what hurts some of the acting to me, where it's not necessarily acting's bad. I feel like I could have written better dialogue than that. And I don't write. So that's what I'm curious about with Harry Styles' American accent. If Is his acting going to be bad? Is it going to be because of him so focused on the accent? Or is the accent just bad, but his acting's good? Yeah, I feel like it's going to be the latter. Because we've seen the accent be pretty bad. <laughs> but we've also seen him act really well. We've also heard him with a crappy American accent... In the One Direction music video. This is a good music video. It's a good introduction to one, I guess. Uh, here it comes. Really nice to meet you guys. I'm as cute as a button. Every no, single he, one of you. No, the emphasis is wrong. So that's what I'm saying. I hope this is how he sounds the whole movie. Cute as a button. That might pair well with Nick Kroll. <laughs> What will be interesting is the box office take from Don't Worry Darling as there's so many factors with the behind the scenes and so much talk about it that it's probably gonna make some money, right? I mean, I'm gonna see it in theaters, I don't know. I'm excited for it, but I'm not excited because I think it's gonna be good. Alright, and now welcome to Mason's Movie Corner! Olin, you watch a lot of movies, don't you? Too many. You're trying to watch one every day of the year, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Essentially. You may or may not be a little behind, though, huh? I'm catching up. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We'll check on that update next time there's a All in Mason News episode. But you happen to see a movie this week. Explain the movie to me. Uh, all right. Go to pull up the research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loser. <laughs> yeah, I saw 3,000 Years of Longing with some pals. I enjoyed it. 
I mean, it's definitely a movie that seemingly was made for me. I don't, I'm not going to go into that, but I really like the two main actors, Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. I believe this is an adaptation, and most of it is a very good adaptation. Like, it plays well and flows well, but the ending was a little off, and I think that ruins it for a lot of people. I also don't think that people necessarily understand the interactions between the characters, just from the people I saw it with and then just seeing a few other reviews online. It also looked really good. Like, it looked incredible. Set design was sick. You might recognize one or two people from Mad Max Fury Road. Oh. Just maybe. Uh -huh. Thank you, George Miller. <laughs> yeah, here's a review that I think kind of sums it up a little bit. A lot of people do complain about how it is told in flashbacks. It's just a storytelling movie, and it's told by Idris Elba to Tilda Swinton, their characters, and essentially Idris Elba is a djinn, or a genie, and he is just telling her stories about his life and captivity, basically. Like, it's pretty interesting. I like the interaction between the two characters, sort of. Oh. See, now I'm interested in the movie. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. It was great. It's also a really weird love story. Th that's also there. I feel like it was a little difficult for this to get adapted to screen, and I commend George Miller on doing a good job at it, so... Good job, Georgie. Well, that's it for today's Alden Mason News special, I guess. Right? Yeah. Any closing thoughts, Alden? Um... Head empty. No thoughts. Alright, uh, happy birthday and never forget. <laughs>